Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. One of the things that Jesus promises that most of us don't look forward to is suffering and trials. However, these sufferings and trials are not without reward. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will be sharing about the character that is developed in suffering well. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 3rd, 2023. What that suffering, that overwhelming suffering is doing is it it's producing the very thing that you need to get you through, carry you through, bridge the gap until the trumpet sounds. What do I need when my heart is overwhelmed? Well, it's called perseverance. Well, how am I going to get perseverance? Suffering? Wait, Pastor. You're telling me that the endurance and the perseverance that I need to endure and persevere, the suffering comes from the suffering? Yeah. And that's not all that it produces. This is a package deal. Sorry to say it that way, but for lack of a better way of saying it, not only does the suffering produce the very thing I need, the thing I need most is perseverance. How am I going to get it? Vis-a-vis the suffering. Suffering produces perseverance. And that's not all. Sorry to sound like an infomercial. Perseverance produces character. Oh, I need character too. This is building my character. This is strengthening my character. This is maturing my character. And that's not all. Character produces hope. So I need hope. Well, character produces the hope. Well, how do I get character? Perseverance. How do I get perseverance? Suffering. Have you ever worked it backwards like that? Is that weird? Try it sometime. We'll work it backwards. Because you could safely say that you want that hope, but what you don't realize is that hope comes by way of the character, which comes by way of the perseverance, which comes by way of the overwhelming suffering. That's how hope comes. And that, once hope comes, you'll never be disappointed. And hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us. That's First John. The Holy Spirit has poured out God's agape love into our hearts. And no one who puts their trust in the Lord will ever be let down. 
There's a proverb that says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. When you put your hope in the Lord, you will never be disappointed. Well, I need me some of that hope. Well, you know how it comes. It comes through being overwhelmed. Okay, pastor, what does this have to do with Bible prophecy? Well, I'll direct your attention to what the Apostle John was told by Jesus to write to the church in Philadelphia. And the reason is that it speaks to this very truth about just how overwhelming it will be right up to the time that Jesus comes to rapture his church prior to the seven-year tribulation. Because the description we're giving in Scripture prophetically is of a church that is overwhelmed and barely hanging on. The Philadelphia church. In Revelation 3, 8, Jesus commends them for keeping his word and not denying his name in the midst of overwhelming trials and persecution, crushing trials and intense and severe and extreme persecution. And notice what he says to them, I know that you have little strength. I know you're weary. I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're barely hanging on. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. You know what the inference is here? That there were those who gave in, caved in didn't keep his word. They did deny his name, but not the church of Philadelphia. I mean, it was so overwhelming, so intense, the suffering, the persecution, the opposition. It was so intense, and they're just hanging on with what little strength they have left. And Jesus is saying, I know, I know, I know. And maybe that's a word for you here today. You're going through it. Jesus says, I know. Yeah, but no, I know. I know. I know you're barely hanging on with what little strength you have. I know. Sometimes just knowing that he knows, being reminded that he knows is good enough, but it gets better. Goes on in verse 10. And he commends them, and and this is interesting, He commends them for keeping His command. This is a command. What's the command? To endure patiently. That's a command? Yeah. Oh, by the way, you want it to be a command, because God will never command us to do anything without also empowering us with the Holy Spirit in order that we're found faithful doing that which He's commanded us to do. He he can't not. I know this. <laughs> In other words, if He commanded us to do something that He didn't also enable us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit, then He would be party to our disobedience, and God cannot do that. That's why we want it to be a command. If it rises to the level of being a command, then that means that I've already been given all that I need in order to keep the command. That's why I want it to be a command. Oh, it's a command? Cool. Bring it. Because I, I, God's going to empower me, enable me, if it's a command, because He has to. 
So what's the command? To endure patiently. And then he promises them, because they've kept that command, that he's going to keep them from the seven-year tribulation. How do you know it's the seven-year tribulation? Because it's coming upon the whole world. This is a standalone text, proof text for the pre-tribulation rapture, among many, by the way. So let me read verse 10. Since you, This is Jesus through John writing to the pastor of the church of Philadelphia to read to the people in the church of Philadelphia. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial or tribulation that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. That's the seven-year tribulation. So you've kept my command to endure patiently. I'm going to keep you from and take you out of the world during this hour of tribulation. Then it's even more exciting and encouraging, especially for those of you who are overwhelmed, because that's who this was written to. Please understand that Jesus knows that they were overwhelmed and barely hanging on, and He's wanting to encourage them. The church of Philadelphia and the church of Smyrna were two of seven churches only that Jesus did not rebuke. Instead of rebuking them, He's encouraging them. Why why is He encouraging them? Because they're discouraged, they're overwhelmed, barely hanging on. So he encourages them to just keep hanging on. Why? Because he's coming soon. This is verse 11. I'm coming soon. Some of your translations render it quickly. Interesting word. You know what the word is, right? Greek phonetically, T-A-C-H-Y-S. Tacos, not tacos, although tacos sound good. But uh, it's where we get our English word for our tachometers in our cars. It's a measurement of revolutions per minute, RPMs, tacos, or tachometer. In other words, the time is already set one minute. It's a gauge of the revolutions per minute. What Jesus is saying is, I'm coming at a time when things are revving up. For you car guys, it's, it, we're redlining. And that thing is about to blow up, and baby, we're about to go up. I know that's kind of, I probably could have said it more pastoral. I'm coming when things are revved up. Things are revved up, Lord. I'm coming at a time when you're so overwhelmed, barely hanging on. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Can I take you quickly to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7? Here we go again. (laughs) Like Paul, like James, now Peter. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. (laughs) Rejoice. You're not rejoicing because of the trial. You're rejoicing because you know what God's going to do in and through the trial. 
Because see, when you're in the trial and you know what you have to look forward to, it makes what you're going through easier to get through and rejoice in because of it. That's what they're saying. And he says this, verse 7, these have come. There's a reason. Here's the purpose. So that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Revealed, that's the rapture, the appearing. Do you see the pattern here? Are you connecting the dots here? Yeah, you're overwhelmed. Yeah, you're suffering greatly, and the situation you're in is so impossible, but you can rejoice now knowing this. He'll see you through. He'll get you through. Why wouldn't He? You know, sometimes a trial is not for the here and now. It's to prepare you for eternity. Have you ever thought of that? There's a purifying that takes place. The, the land of Israel, the house of Israel, Beit Israel, <laughs> had become like dross in the eyes of God. They weren't always like that. What's dross? The impurities that come to the surface when subjected to heat to make that metal, in this case gold, more pure. And then the goldsmith knows he has pure gold when he sees his image reflected in the gold. Have you ever thought of that? That maybe God's allowing the overwhelming, the suffering, for the purpose of purifying, to get you ready as a pure virgin bride for your bridegroom when he's revealed? The common denominator with all these passages and prophecies is that they all point us to Jesus, everything. And in pointing us to Jesus, so too do they point us to our blessed hope of the pre-tribulation rapture vis-a-vis being overwhelmed by all kinds of trials. Pastor, are you saying welcome the trials? Kinda? Are you saying don't fight it? Yeah. Are you saying embrace the overwhelming because of what it's producing? Yeah. Well, easy for you to say you're the pastor. You have no idea. You have no idea. I'm learning. I don't say I learned. That's arrogant. That's like, I've arrived. And I start talking down to you like, and then you're like, I'm not worthy. No, no, I'm learning just like you. What are you learning, Pastor? I'm learning to not kick, fight, bite, and scratch, scream, cry, complain. You can fill in the rest of those blanks every time the overwhelming comes. I'm learning that it's a good thing, and it's a God thing, and God has allowed it, especially in this, the last hour of human history as we know it. It is a prophetic sign among many prophetic signs. In other words, the more overwhelming it gets, the closer we get 
to that trumpet sound. I want to expound on this for the remainder of our time. Don't look at your watches, by the way. But we're going to go ahead at this time and and, uh, live stream on YouTube and Facebook. I'll go quickly. I appreciate your patience. What follows in no particular order is a list I put together. You know how I like lists and charts and stuff, yeah? I refer to this as forensic evidence of how being overwhelmed is a prophetic sign pointing us to our final destination. And by forensic evidence, I mean facts. Forensic evidence, facts, of how everything that's happening proves beyond any doubt, not reasonable doubt, any doubt, the end is not just near, the end is here. So, for the sake of simplicity and brevity, I've compiled and organized this evidence and will simply present to you what I'll affectionately refer to as fast facts. Five fast facts. Number one, the renewed boost to get your booster shots with yet another so-called variant on the rise to spread the demonic virus of fear. From NBC News with the headline, Propaganda at its best. COVID booster rollout. Are we acting fast enough to fend off the next round? Oh, when did you schedule that? The CDC could sign off on the new COVID boosters as soon as September 12th. Will that be soon enough to ward off a winter surge? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm chuckling. It's a sanctified chuckling. Here's a, a, a quote. There are a few new virus variants that scientists are paying attention to because they appear to be changing in ways that might make the virus more contagious. It's not known whether the boosters will be as effective against those variants. Okay. Wait, then why boost the boosters? No, no, did you, did you, is this just me? It's not known whether the boosters will be as effective against those variants. Well, then why are you trying to boost me to get a booster? I mean, I've already had my 89th booster shot. That was an extra charge too. One more thing I want to point out before I move on. Notice the video title above. Spread of COVID impacting start of classes for some schools across U.S. Now, notice also the video caption below. COVID cases for school closures, new mask rules. Yeah, no. Uh -uh. Number two, let's keep moving. The literal and deliberate burning and destroying of the earth and the population of people on the earth, and this at breakneck speed as we speak. Number three, the controlled demolition and even disintegration, complete disintegration of the current global economy so as to usher in the prophesied cashless digital economy. Number four, 
the reorienting and restructuring of a global biodigital economy predicated upon one's social score and or carbon credit score. Did you know about this? It's already in play. And number five, perhaps most interestingly, is the emergence and prominence of artificial intelligence, which, by the way, is satanic intelligence, now overwhelming, overtaking the world. Last week, a good friend of mine sent me this article titled, Controversial New AI App Allows You to Text with Jesus and Satan. Quote, under the heading of deepening faith through text with Jesus, for those longing for a more personal connection to their faith, this app might be the digital salvation they're seeking. Designed with devoted Christians in mind, text with Jesus promises interaction with figures like Jesus, Mary, Joseph, Peter, and Matthew. Oh, they're all on the same level? This app wears its spirituality on its screen, (laughs) guiding you through its queries with responses mined from the depths of the Bible's rich text. No thank you, I'll stick with my Bible. I don't trust your version, because Satan knows the Bible better than you and I ever will. However, It goes on to say this, under the heading of, the devil is in the details, the app's most controversial feature, conversations with Satan himself. (laughs) Listen to this. Expectations can be deceiving, especially in the world of AI. Satan, historically the symbol of temptation and deceit, dawns a surprisingly mellow avatar in this app. Users anticipating fiery dialogues or cunning deceptions might be left scratching their heads. Instead, the Prince of Darkness champions love, respect, and understanding. Values synonymous with biblical virtues. So what's your problem? Text with Satan. Oh, no surprise. Satan appears as an angel of light. Never imagined that Satan's going to pop up. And by the way, can we just clear one more thing up today while we're at it? Because I'm on a roll today. Satan is not a red-suited pitchfork with horns and a tail character. He's a very intelligent, finite, created being who is not the opposite of God, and he's very real. And surprisingly, curiously, in Scripture we're told that when we see him, we are going to be astonished. The response is going to be something like this. We're going to go, that's him? Doesn't look anything like his avatar, his profile picture of a red guy with, you know, a tights and a... We're going to be just flabbergasted. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to Study the Word of God. 
as you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.